I'm Dr. Robert Greenberg. I'm the uh, co-founder and chairman of Second Sight Medical Products, and I'm going to talk, be talking to you today about a couple exciting, um, a couple exciting things. One is I'm uh, going to talk to you about the Argus, which is a, uh, a retinal prosthesis that uh, restores useful vision to folks with retinitis pigmentosa. And the thing that I'm going to talk to you about that's even more exciting is a brand new clinical trial that. Um, is getting started at UCLA, and we have here uh, Dr. Nader Portarian, uh, who is the principal investigator of that trial, who's going to talk to you as well. So, with that intro, we'll get started. Um, just a couple, a couple housekeeping things, uh, forward-looking statements. Anything I say today about the future? We, Second Sight is a is a publicly traded company on Nasdaq under the ticker Eyes. Uh, anything I say today that affects the future. Uh, may or may not happen. Uh, the uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, yeah. Unlike my unlike my uh, my six year old who believes I can tell the future, I really can't. Uh, the, uh, the 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 Argus two is FDA approved. It's approved under what's called the humanitarian device um, program, and uh, and we'll talk more about about the Argus and its approval. So the device that the Argus that we've created uh, is an implantable prosthesis. Uh, it enables useful vision and a higher quality of life. The uh, so this is sometimes people people refer to this as the bionic eye. And the things that the Argus does, the the, the major things that that people tell us is that it improves orientation and mobility. It improves greater independence, uh, quality of life, and it enhances connection to loved ones. So. The, the folks that we're treating today with the Argus are folks who are completely blind uh, from retinitis pigmentosa, and, the, uh, and we're restoring some vision. Uh, it's not normal vision, and, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. The, uh, I mentioned the folks that we're treating today have retinitis pigmentosa in England. We have a clinical trial for folks with macular degeneration. And all other forms of blindness, uh, for the most part, uh, will be eligible for this new Orion trial that, that we're going to talk about. Here's a short video that was, uh, that was done. Hopefully uh, the sound will be loud enough. week's edition of Wiring the World, the bionic eye may sound like science fiction, but now it is a reality. Bloomberg's Ramey Innocencio has that story. Waves. see some waves here. For Alan right many firsts. With wife Carmen at his side, it's his first time seeing the famous Ferris wheel at Santa Monica Pier. The thing is, he's totally blind. Has been the past 25 years from incurable eye decay called retinitis pigmentosa. But since February, he's seeing again with this wearable by Los Angeles-based Second Sight. What I see is a series of flashes of light, and the brighter ones, obviously, uh, like a door handle or a doorknob or a frame or something like that, uh, I'll be able to see that that is what it is. This is how it works. A camera on a pair of glasses transmits images wirelessly to a layer of 60 tiny electrodes on the retina inside the eyeball. Alan can't see fine features. The Argus 2 is still limited, but he did see his wife again this February as the world's 15th person 
thesis. Today, another first. Alan meets Bob Greenberg, the man behind his second sight. Give it a shot and see what happens. Bob also checks Alan's vision. Walking a white line on a black man. I lost the line as I started walking. Over a series of tries. So, what do people see? Bob puts me in a simulator. This is a half moon. This is a triangle. This is a circle. Outside the research lab, Alan keeps exploring. This week at Disneyland. All right. Seeing Mickey Mouse. And is a shape like that. The Enchanted Castle. And this. Technology, wiring up eyes to the world for a chance at second sight. So, uh, although ma many of you may not have heard about the Argus, this has actually been a 25-plus year journey uh, to get to this point. Uh, we've invested over $200 million to develop the Argus II and the uh, Orion that you'll be hearing about in a minute. Uh, Folks, uh, where the uh, so the the device gets the device gets implanted. It's an outpatient procedure. Uh, folks go home the same day. Um, uh, the uh, once it's implanted, you can't see the device. Uh, you can't feel the device. It uh, essentially becomes a part of your eye. Uh, in order to actually see, the implant doesn't actually do anything. But in order to actually see the. Uh, the, you wear a pair of glasses that has a video camera on it, and then that signal from the video camera gets wirelessly transmitted to the implant and activates the remaining cells uh, cells in the eye. Um, we actually have uh, uh, Lisa and Ed here, her her husband, who uh, have an Argus uh, Argus too. So if you have questions afterwards, I'm sure she'd be happy to uh, to talk to you about it, and she'll be at uh, the booth as well. The uh, the, the technology, just to give you an idea about the technology, there have been over 75 scientific publications written about this. Uh, it's been, the, the benefits have been demonstrated in folks over, over 10 years. There have been over 250 people who have received the Argus II to date. There are over 400 patents uh, on, the, on the technology right now. Uh, and the company has won a number of awards, uh, including from the Cleveland Clinic uh, and other, uh, other places for this technology. It's actually available now in 51 centers around the world. Uh, it's uh, right here. The Argus is available at USC. Uh, we'll have we'll have cards uh, with our customer service number on it uh, for folks that are interested in the Argus, uh, and um, it's also reimbursed uh, by Medicare as well. Um, there are there are a number of private insurance uh, companies that also uh, reimburse it, and uh, we can uh, our customer service uh, department can help you uh, navigate that. My uh, my recommendation would be to call Second Sight's customer service, and we have we have re we may not have had this a year ago, but today we have experts in reimbursement who can help help walk you through that process. Uh, and there are other there are other centers that that uh, if, if if you for the Argus. There are other centers uh, around the state uh, that, that have it available as well, uh, if for some reason USC is not your preferred uh, location. Yeah, so let me, I'll, I'll, read the, I'll read the number right now, and then there are cards here we have as well. So the, the customer service number is 855-756-3703, and, uh, and they'll take care of you there. Yeah, so, so right now it's available Medi Medicare for sure. I'm not 
100% sure about Medi-Cal, but if you call customer service, they can help you with that. So the, 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 devi- the retail price of the device is, is expensive, and uh, in general, in general it's, it's only available through insurance, but uh, it's, it, it's quite expensive. It's about $150,000. Uh, but it is covered by, but like I said, it's, it is covered by Medicare. For a, a person previously cited, can you go into a little more detail on the comparative experience? Yeah, absolutely. This device provides by com- comparison to what we would um, understand as site. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and just maybe one more, one more comment about the about the pricing. So, the the typical out of pocket, and again, customer service can help you with the exact details. But typical out of pocket for the Argus is about a thousand dollars. The the trial, the Orion trial that we're going to be talking about in a few minutes, uh, won't have any won't have any costs uh, to the individuals that are in the Orion trial. The um, and then the question about the site that you can expect from the uh, from the Argus, I would I would certainly expect uh, ask you to talk with uh, Lisa about the details of this, but it's it's uh, it's not normal vision. So what it is, it's the way I describe it to a lot of folks is it's sort of like more like a robot what a robotic vision might be. It it's uh, it's flashes of light, pixels of light, like you heard on the video, like they talked about, but it's enough to uh, enough to uh, I see objects enough to kind of get around a little better, enough to feel visually connected again to the world. Yeah, so the patients that we have now, we now have patients that have been out uh, over 10 years. Uh, with the Argus II, we have over, uh, over 250 patients so far. Not all of them are in studies. Uh, so the study patients, we had 30 study patients that are, that are out, that we've been following out 10 years. And in the study, um, we are doing follow up on these other subjects as many of the other folks as well but in the uh, in the initial study where those folks are out 10 years the results last uh, the device lasts that entire time and we had about 80% of the the people in that initial trial that uh, were able to get a real world benefit with the device uh, to give you an idea yeah so in both cases the the folks that are that are uh, getting the Argus and also the people that are going to be eligible for the Orion uh, are completely blind at this point. We are working on, we just got approved in Germany for a clinical trial for patients with retinitis pigmentosa earlier in the disease process. Um, and so that, that's still in clinical trials. So. Not yet, although we're beginning to talk to the FDA about, about doing a trial here in the U.S. We are doing that trial in Germany, and we're, yeah, so they're, uh, yeah, it, yeah it's, a small, it's a small trial in Germany right now, uh, but we are beginning to talk to the FDA about doing a similar trial here in the U.S. Okay, so this is, I mean, this right now, uh, this is, a, um, I'm putting up on the slide a map of other, other treatments that are available uh, for, uh, for folks who are blind. And, and actually, in the, the U.S., there are none. Um, there's a lot of research going on. Uh, the Argus is the only, uh, only approved product by the FDA for uh, folks that are totally blind. Yeah, so there's a lot of research. So, so, maybe, so I'll spend just a, a couple minutes talking about uh, what other things are experimental. So stem cells have begun clinical trials. There is some experimental work there. Similarly for gene therapy, has been, uh, there's some experimental work. Uh, optogenetics has not uh, started clinical trials in the U.S. Uh, transplant is another thing that people have tried experimentally. But the only thing that's FDA approved is the Argus II. Um, the other things are still all experimental. 
Yeah, so, so a number, the question is about uh, Optobiotics, which was a company uh, out of Chicago mm-hmm. oh, maybe 10 years ago uh, that tried to do something similar. And unfortunately, their approach didn't work. Um, their approach was putting a, a chip in the eye without the electronics. And unfortunately, you really need the electronics. You need the additional power that the electronics can provide to make it work. So unfortunately, that, that product failed um, and, and didn't, didn't go forward. So the intent of the Argus II uh, and the Orion are to, are to be lifetime implants. The, uh, the, um, the devices have been tested for, as I said, up to 10 years so far in patients. Uh, so um, the, uh, there's no intent to, to, uh, to replace it. In 250 patients, uh, we did have uh, two or three where the device failed at about five years, uh, but it's highly reliable. So, you know, 248 uh, of the uh, of the 250 uh, are still going, are, are still working fine. So, we have had some uh, some cases for the Argus where uh, the outside of the uh, what's called the conjunctiva uh, eroded, and there were. And a few patients that actually had to have the device removed because uh, because of it. you could call it a rejection, but it was really kind of a breakdown of the tissue. Uh, but that's in in most in almost all cases they were able to repair those and did not have to remove the device. Uh, but uh, in the cases where they had to remove the device, the patients were fine afterwards, but they weren't able to use the device obviously after that. So the the uh, the glasses are. Uh, kind of splash proof is what I would say, so you can wear them you can wear them in the rain. you try to keep them out of the water uh, they um, uh, they can work in in most any uh, most any environment you would you would run across in the u s um, you know, i wouldn 't take them to a hundred and twenty degree desert but uh, <laughs> but uh, in normal uh, normal they're they 're fine for normal everyday use uh, so the glass so everything everything is covered by insurance it 's all included as part of the system. Uh, so in, in the devices, the, the devices are warranted. Um, so, so replacements are not lifetime. The uh, the I believe the warranty on the Dwayne's here. Uh, warranty on the glasses. Yeah, that 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 may, that may be changing. So I would call customer service for the latest latest information about that. So there are lots of different types of RP, and they all and they all qualify for the Argus. Yeah, they're all covered by the uh, the current label in the United States. Yeah, that's that's a good question. So we so so we don't have any data um, on on the Argus affecting the residual vision uh, of patients, but we've heard a lot of things anecdotally. So um, the I mean just, I mean the amount of the yeah. So anyway, uh, I think I, again I I would say for any upcoming trials for folks with retinitis pigmentosa, I would, I would refer you to customer service would be the best thing. So there is no motion sensor, um, but again, we've, had, we've implanted over 250 patients. Uh, we did have one uh, subject in the trial who was a marathon runner uh, who was able to use the system. So, uh, so yeah, running should not, should not impact the, uh, the device, the use of the device. So you should be able to do everything that you normally do uh, in your life. Yeah, so one of the great things about the Argus 2 is the device uh, is upgradable. So just like your iPhone where you can upgrade the software, we're actually on the, we're actually on the 14th version of the software. Uh, and and so, so it's one of the nice things about getting the Argus implant is that you can uh, benefit from future, uh, future upgrades as well. Do you try to 
those? So, you know, as those come out, uh, there, there's a cost, but the hope, our hope is that the cost will be covered by insurance just like the original one uh, will. And we'll be working, as we come out with those, we'll be working with insurance to get those covered as well. Uh, there should, there's, there's no evidence that the eye size would be impacted by, by the Argus. So, uh, yeah, it's not a treatment for eye size. Um, and it's very, and it's, it's available for a wide range of eye sizes. Yeah, so the, so the Orion trial, so that's a good, that's a good segue to the Orion trial. So, the Orion trial is, it's, we're, it's a similar technology to the Argus, uh, but has a potential to help, uh, forms of blindness beyond just uh, just RP. Uh, the main criteria are going to be, for this trial, uh, folks who have seen before uh, but are completely blind now. And uh, there's some other details that uh, Dr. Praetorian can, can, can go into uh, as to uh, which people may or may not qualify. Um, but it, the external device is very similar. It's, it's a pair of glasses, just like uh, with the Argus. Uh, and the technology works very similarly. What the biggest change between the two is the implant uh, for the Orion bypasses the optic nerve. So whereas we have our implant, uh, which is getting put in the eye, the Orion has a uh, an implant that goes in the back of the skull instead. Um, and so it's a uh, so and that's what allows it to uh, to potentially help folks uh, with all types of uh, all types of blindness. The, we've tested a similar uh, a similar device last year at UCLA. We tested one uh, one patient with an off-the-shelf stimulator, and uh, this only had eight electrodes, and we were able to see, the patient was able to see eight spots of light, and that kind of tested the theory. And so this Orion trial that we're beginning now is the first one that'll actually have 60 electrodes, just like the just like the uh, Argus does, uh, and it'll have the camera as well. Um, the uh, and uh, Nate, I don't know if you want to come say a few words. Uh, so this is Dr. Praetorian, who's actually the principal investigator at UCLA, who'll be conducting the Orion study. Yeah, that's a good question. Is why why didn't we do the Orion first? So the the idea behind the Argus uh, and the reason why we focused on RP is RP was sort of the prototype disease uh, because the retina is like a layer cake. And in RP, the bottom layer of the cake is damaged, but all the other layers are more or less intact. So it was really the perfect disease to test the theory of could we, could we bypass those photoreceptors? Could we actually create an artificial photoreceptor and directly elect- electrically activate the other layers of the cake? And it turned out we could. It worked. Uh, and so with that success, it allowed us to modify the device and expand to other, other forms of blindness, which is what we're doing now. Yeah, so the device, the, the question is about, uh, you know, does, is there a foreign body reaction to these devices? Uh, and, and the answer is generally no. Uh, the devices are made to be extremely biocompatible. We, uh, we're using materials that have been tested for decades uh, and known to be very biocompatible. It was a big part of the FDA approval process is making sure that the device is biocompatible. Uh, the, biggest, the biggest sort of adverse event medical uh, issues that we've seen for the Argus uh, are the uh, these erosions that I talked about, where uh, where the, the just the physical bulk of the device can cause the thin membrane over the eye to erode, and in those cases, uh, in most of those cases, they've just been able to resuture it closed, uh, and then in a few cases, they've actually had to remove the device. The device I actually have, and I have 
both the glasses somewhere up here. I have the glasses and the uh, and the implant. Uh, the implant, the Argus implant, is about the size of a button cell. Uh, if you if you can imagine a, a little button battery, uh, like a watch battery. So imagine a watch battery, uh, and then it has a little piece of plastic that comes off of it. Uh, so it's quite it's quite small. It's a, in fact, it's the smallest uh, neurostimulator that's ever been developed. So the Ar so the Argus two is FDA approved for retinitis for blind patients with retinitis pigmentosa, uh, and it's Medicare reimbursed. The Orion trial, the clinical trial, has just been approved by the FDA to begin the trial, uh, but it's not approved for sale yet. So generally, when the Argus is implanted, um, the Argus, um, part, of the, part of the surgery, they will generally remove the lens um, at the same time. Uh, and there, there are a number of reasons for that that we can talk about. But generally, they'll, they'll actually remove the lens. Because with the Argus, you're not actually using your natural lens. The video camera is actually bypassing the lens and going directly to the retina. Yeah, so the, so the Orion trial uh, was literally just approved by the FDA uh, a, a matter of weeks ago. And, uh, and so we're just now beginning to, uh, to sign people up for that trial. So it'll be, it'll be five, five patients. So it's a small study uh, initially. And, um, and uh, yeah, so, that's, so I think so for, folks, for folks that are interested in the Orion trial or the Argus, again, the best number is going to be this 818-833-5060 uh, uh, in the Valley. 818-833-5060, and that's the number for customer service at Second Sight, either for the Argus or the Orion trial. Yep, and they'll and they'll direct you to the uh, to the center. Yeah, that's a good question. So the question is, how you know what? Why 60 electrodes, and what's the limiting factor? Why not more? Um, we've done a number of experiments with with more electrodes uh, as well, and at least for the Argus, uh, what we found is the there there are two things that limit. It. The number of electrodes. One is the engineering, the overall engineering of it. There's some engineering challenges in making that many small electrodes um, and providing the power to those electrodes. So, you know, the the heat produced by the device uh, is one challenge. As we increase the number of electrodes, the power, the, the lifetime of the battery is another challenge. And there's also the the biocompatibility question that was asked earlier. As you make the electrodes smaller, they become more difficult. These the electrodes for the Argus are only 200 microns in diameter, so 0.2 millimeters. Um, so if, you know, if the tip of a dart is one millimeter, it's two-tenths of that. So they're really, really tiny. Um, you could barely see them. It, with a, normally, a normally sighted person can barely see them with the naked eye. Um, what we are doing, one of the things that we've, I mentioned the, the software upgradable nature of the Argus. One of the things that we're doing, that we're researching, uh, in our labs, which the company is based in Silmar uh, in the San Fernando Valley. Uh, so we're a local company, uh, and we actually manufacture it here in L.A. as well. But the, one of the things that we're, that we're experimenting with in the new software is the ability to produce these, these spots of light between electrodes. So right now in the commercial version of the Argus, the one, one electrode has the potential to produce one spot of light. Uh, but we're working on improving that resolution through software uh, by, by basically steering the current between electrodes. And so that's one of the things that we're experimenting with now in clinical trials. Yeah, so the implant, another good question. So the question was about batteries. Uh, the implants have no batteries uh, by design. So it's a completely passive device. There's no batteries, which is why we think it has the potential to last a lifetime. There's no, uh, there's no implantable batteries that, uh, that have to be replaced. All of the power comes from the outside. So it's actually a, a wireless power. So the implant is actually powered by the glasses. 
there's a small antenna on the glasses. Yeah, there's a small antenna on the glasses that powers the, uh, and, and the external batteries uh, are rechargeable. Um, and so you can, uh, the Argus, I believe, today comes with two or three batteries, uh, and you, uh, you, can, uh, you can recharge those batteries and, and use them. Exactly. So you, you, take off, you take off the glasses, and then the, uh, everything is, uh, is dark again. <laughs> Back to baseline. With the glasses, you can... So today with the Argus and, and hopefully with the Orion as well, uh, we're taking folks that are completely blind and, and restoring some level of vision. And, our, and our, our plan and hope is that with software upgrades, we can continue to improve the quality of that vision. Is the, you know, as, as one example of that, in England, uh, we, we did an experiment with uh, half a dozen individuals who had the Argus, and we were able to produce color uh, perception. So that's as an example of one of the things that we hope in the future to be able to make available as part of the commercial device. The current version is black and white, though. So today, the, the current version of the glasses have to be upgraded uh, manually. You have to come into the clinic, and then they'll, they'll uh, hook the... the uh, the glasses to a computer to do the upgrade, but future versions of the glasses will be over the internet, so you'll be able to upgrade them at home. The implant doesn't change. There's no surgery required for these kinds of upgrades that I'm talking about. It's it's just plugging in the the glasses to a computer. Right now, right now it's one eye. Um, it's although something in the future that we want to look at is is implanting bilaterally. So does the optic nerve? Does the condition of the optic nerve matter? So absolutely, yes is the answer for the Argus. And one of the reasons we've developed the Orion is because in the case of the Orion, we don't think the condition of the optic nerve matters. So, but for the Argus, the, one of, the, one of the, the, the disadvantages of the Argus and the need for us to develop the Orion is that the Argus requires your optic nerve to, to be somewhat functioning for it to work. That's the biggest difference between the Orion and the Argus. So for the Argus, you have to have some functioning optic nerve. It doesn't have to be completely healthy. Correct. So it has to be some functioning optic nerve. For the, for the Orion, it, it shouldn't matter, uh, if, if, even if there's no functioning optic nerve at all. Uh, you would be eligible. That, that wouldn't dis, um, uh, disqualify you for the Orion. Yeah, yeah. So, so, how, so what is the resolution of the Argus right now? So the resolution of the Argus right now is, is I, I, I would, and again, I would encourage you to, to ask Lisa about her experience, but it's, the resolution is more on the, on the lines of outlines. It, you, you cannot see facial details yet, uh, although in some of the experiments we've, with some of the future software, we have been able to do that. You're not able to read with this? Correct. So today there's, there's not reading level vision uh, with the device. That's right. So, so the, camera, the, the camera in the Argus actually has a pretty wide spectrum of, uh, of light uh, that, that you can use the device in. So you can use it uh, at night and, and during the day or in normal lighting settings. Uh, it's one of the advantages of the system is it's... Uh, uh, a number of people do watch TV with it, but you, but you will not see the details of the TV. You'll see motion. Uh, yeah, so the question was, how long is the Orion trial going to be? Uh, we'll probably follow the subjects for at least two years. Um, is it five years? Or actually five years. Hi, everyone. Uh, Nader Paradian from UCLA. Uh, and I'm the, uh, I've been working with Second Sight for several years uh, on uh, developing the Orion um, implant. So we're excited to finally get to the point to uh, test it. So, so it's, a, it's a big challenge. That's why it's taken many years. And so uh, we, we did, uh, Dr. Greenberg referred to uh, a single patient or single subject that we implanted with an off-the-shelf device. So um, this is a skull-implanted device. It, it does uh, bypass the eye and the optic nerve, so it actually goes on the brain. 
um, and we've tested a subject, and um, she's been doing great. We've been testing her for over a year now. Um, it's an off-the-shelf device, so it's a device that we usually use for people with epilepsy. Uh, but what we've been able to do is test her, stimulate her, see um, some very basic questions that we need to answer to know, um, like how consistent is the vision? Does it last over you know over a year? Is how long we've been following her, but over a longer time than that. What, how useful is it? How reliable is it? And um, you know, we haven't published those results, but I can tell you I've presented it many times, but it's very reliable. It's very consistent. It's very predictable in terms of what we get. Just like the Argus, it's probably not going to be normal vision, um, but it'll, it should be something that um, should be useful. And I think the biggest part of this trial you know, is not the implant. It's what happens afterwards and learning about what people can do with it and how we can control the different parameters to make it useful for people. So um, that's the biggest uh, part of what our learning process is going to be. The trial is uh, for any patient who is blind that has no light perception or what we call bare light perception, which means you can see light, but you can't really tell its motion or where it's coming from. so it's a very strict criteria, and you can imagine part of that is because it's a brand new system, and so we don't want to uh, be extremely uh, risky with our first uh, couple of people, but we do hope that in the future it will expand. Um, and it's a, the implant itself is, is pretty simple from uh, my perspective. Uh, it's, uh, you know, just, uh, it, it's not an outpatient surgery. It, you'd probably stay in the hospital for one or uh, two nights to recover, but it's, it's not a, a, a very risky surgery uh, from my perspective. Um, it's, uh, as Dr. Greenberg said, we're only enrolling, uh, the FDA has given us permission and we only wanted to enroll. Uh, five subjects for the first round of studies. Um, and uh, because of all the work that goes into it, we actually have uh, two centers involved. So UCLA is, I guess, the lead center. Um, and then Baylor, uh, which is in Houston, is another center that's doing it as well. Uh, I guess I can take questions. Uh, yeah, so you need to uh, contact, um, at this point, the, all the volunteering is going to go through uh, second site through the same phone number that's been given out. And there are, there are business cards up here, so if, if you want one, we can get it to you. Or if you have someone here who's taking care of you, um, I guess people are raising their hands for the card. Uh, we'll hand those out. Um, but, yes, so we are taking volunteers, and um, there's a couple uh, housekeeping issues that we're taking care of at, at UCLA to get the trial officially launched. But, as we said, we have FDA approval, and we have institutional review board approval, just have to finish a couple uh, loose sentences. So the inclusion criteria are age 18 to 70 at this point. So the two questions are, uh, does, it, does it matter if you see light? Um, and the answer is no, that should be fine for either the Argus or the, uh, or the Orion. Yeah, so uh, again, I w- uh, without knowing your specific medical condition, I would encourage you to, to, to if you contact our, our customer service, uh, a medical professional uh, can get back to you and, uh, and, and talk about your specific case. Yeah, so is, is, there a, is there a process of learning to use the device? So in the case of the Argus, 
what happens after the, uh, after the surgery is that there's a, a fitting process where the device gets adjusted for you. Uh, it's very similar to the way the glasses are, are adjusted for individuals where you undergo some testing. And there's also a rehabilitation, uh, a low vision rehab portion of this. So for, for those of you who may have done uh, cane training skills or, or, or dog uh, training skills, it's very much like that where, where you learn uh, to use the device. For the Orion, that will eventually be part of it as well. Uh, but the Orion, because it's still in the research phases, uh, the main thing that will happen after surgery is ongoing weekly testing where, where the Orion, the, er, these first five Orion individuals will help us perfect the, perfect the device and help us perfect the software for the Orion. But it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, for compared to, so I, as a neurosurgeon, what I do is I put implants in for many different diseases. So I put it in for Parkinson's disease. I've done implants for obsessive-compulsive disorder, depression, many different things that we put implants in. So it's an implant in the brain, just like we've had a history of doing in neurosurgery. Um, relatively speaking, compared to other implants that we do, it's a relatively straightforward implant. So that's why I say it's not uh, what we would consider high risk on the surface of the brain. So we don't penetrate the brain. We put it on the surface of the brain. I think it's only one. it'll probably only be one or two nights in the hospital at, at most. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, so the you mean inside the, the skull itself, correct? Yeah. So the uh, so for the Argus, as you heard, that goes on the retina, the the array in the brain. We do place it on top of the brain, and then uh, the device gets secured to the skull. So uh, there's not that much room inside the skull. The brain is basically uh, fills fills the space, and so once you put something in there, it's held in place, and then we hold the wire in place by securing it to the skull. So those are that's a great question. So um, those are the things that the company and the FDA are very concerned about, and you know, making sure that it's protected. Um, I would highlight um, what Dr. Greenberg says, and what I tell all my patients who get implants. Our goal of doing this is for people to improve their function and participate in uh, life in ways that they couldn't before. And so there are very few restrictions, if any, in terms of activities or dangers of normal life that you'd be restricted from doing. So um, you don't have a very high risk from being in a car accident. Our goal is to do the opposite, get you to do things that you wouldn't have done before. Yeah, so we did have, so with the, there was actually a very famous YouTube video, famous to us, uh, YouTube video of someone with the Argus One, so an earlier version of the implant who used to play basketball with her, her uh, grandchild. Yeah. And so... I would say that the speed of the device is not fast enough to, you know, you're not going to be playing for the uh, for the Lakers uh, uh, with the device. But but having said but having said that, it's enough to it was enough in this one individual to see the outline of the backboard, uh, and so she could hit baskets by by uh, by orienting uh, the orientation mobility. If that answers your question. Um, she would not she would not catch the ball coming back at her, but but we. I, there is another individual with the Argus who I can remember who would play ball with his grandson, uh, and you know it, a ball that was kind of rolled across the room. He yeah. could see he could see that ball. To give you an idea, yeah. make one other comment. That's so with the Argus, with the Orion implant, it's so new. You know, we only have. There's been decades ago there were some studies done with this type of approach, but really. The most information we have is from the one subject we've implanted with the off-the-shelf device. Um, I would emphasize that whoever um, eventually participates in our Orion trial is really going to be a partner in sort of paving the path to the future for this. Because 
determining what it's capable of, what we, how we can use it. Um, it's a learning process, and um, I do a lot of these types of trials, not just for vision, but l having someone who wants to work with us be partners to come in at least uh, once a week and really explore the limits of what we can do is really critical uh, because um, it's not something that we just implant and you go on with your life and you say, wow, I've got an implant. It's a process and it's a, it's a partnership. So, so for the Argus, as I mentioned before, the Argus is covered by Medicare and a number of private insurance. The Orion clinical trial is being sponsored by the company, so the company is, is, is bearing all the costs of the Orion trial. But the Orion trial, you will not have to bill your insurance free. for anything. Yeah, so, so I think people that are interested in either the Argus or the Orion trial uh, would call the customer service number, and, and then uh, we can direct the uh, people there will direct you uh, depending on your interest. Do you open on Monday? <laughs> We are open on Monday. We're here today, We are here. We're working today. Some of us, some of us are here today. Yes. Uh, we do have, we do have a booth. Uh, uh, the minimum requirement or the minimum commitment is about a four-hour study session per week for the first three months, and then I think it's still a home-based testing or other testing after that. Uh, so it's about four hours a week at minimum. Obviously, that's you know we can't ask people to commit their entire life to us, but um, there may be opportunities to do even more than that or beyond that, um, which uh, would be helpful, but that's what the minimum requirement is. On a weekend, no, uh, no, it has to happen during the week because we sort of we need the. There's a huge study team that goes into all of this, and so we can't um, ask everyone to come in on the weekends. What yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you're full if you're full time working, it would be difficult for you to participate in the Argus implant and the Orion and the Orion implant are both fully waterproof, and you can go swimming and do whatever you want. But the glasses are not fully waterproof yet. So that you you would not want to bring the glasses uh, in the shower or in the swimming yet. There's a question here, the uh, young lady. Okay, so uh, that's about the Orion. So the question is, how big is the incision? The incision is on the back of the head. That's where the part of the brain is that controls vision or responds to vision. Um, and it's a it's a it's probably about a f six centimeter, probably about a six by six centimeter incision. Um, and the reason why is because the implant has to be completely covered by the skin. We don't want it to cross under the skin. Yeah. The Argus incision is quite small. So the, Ar the Argus incision in the eye is only about uh, five millimeters uh, uh, long. It's a, a small slit uh, in the eye. Question in the back? Yes. Um, so that's a good question. Everyone, you know, everyone has concerns about having surgery uh, near the brain. The, the risk of having a neurological deficit or having a change in your brain function is extremely low. I'd place it at much less than 1% uh, because we're not actually going through the brain. Um, we're actually just putting it on top. Um, and then uh, what was the other part? Of the 50-50 chance. So I, I would say there's nearly, I can't say uh, I'll, I'll say an 80% chance uh, that you will see something with the stimulation. The, as I said, the, the biggest part of this study is that um, trying to understand how we use that vision. So we know from the patient that we've implanted that she sees things you know, every single time we turn the stimulator on, she sees something, and she sees it the same way that we expect her to see it. 
the hard, the, the, the challenge and the, and the, the road that lies ahead is working with our patients to figure out how to use that vision and how to make it something useful. So, so that depends on, um, so the question is, would you be excluded from future therapies by trying one therapy? Um, and that really depends on how other clinical trials are set up. So this device is theoretically reversible, which means that if you have uh, the, the Orion implanted and it doesn't work or you're not happy with it, you can have it removed. It's not a permanent implant. Um, it does require another procedure. Um, but I can't tell you because I don't know about future studies. You know, a stem cell trial might say, because every trial has very strict inclusion and exclusion criteria, they might say you, you're not a candidate if you've ever had this type of surgery, if you've ever had brain surgery. So it might exclude you from future trials. Um, but, but that's hard to know. Yeah, but, and generally would not exclude you from any commercially available therapy. The, the, it's a skin incision is about six centimeters. Uh, the opening in the skull is about four centimeters, and then the array is two and a half centimeters. How big is the array? Yeah, about two and a half centimeters. Yeah, the hair. <laughs> so. You're pulling up a flap of skin and going in, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, so. We do, we do generally, for infection reasons, remove a little bit of hair, but we don't usually shave the entire head. It will grow back. There are many people, <laughs> many people have surgery and then the hair grows back. No, we don't have any secondhand devices yet. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, and there probably never will be. <laughs> but you can keep your eye out. Uh, eBay might have them. <laughs> <laughs> We're deteriorating. Yeah, so that's uh, the question is, can you send signals directly to the brain without an implant? There are, in, in my world of medicine and science, um, ways to directly stimulate the brain, things like with magnets or with direct current stimulation. They do not have the spatial precision or accuracy that would be needed to restore vision at the level that you're talking about or that we're talking about or that a device like this can do. Um, as it is with an implanted device, one of the challenges is restoring that level of vision you're talking about. With a non-invasive device, the most you're going to get is you know, a flash of light, and it's not going to be localizable. For the non-invasive stimulation, so I don't think so. Uh, based on the physics of stimulation, I don't think we're ever going to be able to do that. Based on the device, like a transcranial magnetic stimulation, which is very popular for other applications. It's a huge ring, external ring that goes on. It's not practical. You're not going to be able to live your life with a magnetic stimulator on the outside of your head. No, you get... So, so the question is, do you need any additional do tests before you see us? Our first criteria are going to be screening patients based on vision and history and general medical history. Um, if uh, people who then proceed to further screening or further evaluation, we, you, may, you will require additional medical testing before you'd be able to go on with the surgery. But that's later down the road. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we will tell you everything. That, uh, yeah, I mean... We don't, we don't do anything on anyone without a complete medical history and all the information. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're detailed in that. When you go directly to, through the skull and to the brain, you see flashes of light. 
but we need to, part of the research, part of the science is trying to figure out how we put all those different flashes of light together. But it's the same idea. One thing I want to clarify is who, who would consider the Orion as opposed to the Argus? Um, and I think the easiest way to think of it is if you qualify the, for the Argus, you don't qualify for the Orion. And... Um, Meaning, because if there's a commercially available device, which is the Argus, you will not be able to enroll in Orion. Um, but if you have no light perception or bare light perception and you have any other cause of blindness, you could potentially qualify for the Orion study. Yeah, I was just going to add that uh, in the guys in the early in the early 2000s, there were about 16 people that were implanted with something similar to the Orion uh, in Portugal, and and they're they're. Their description of what they saw is was similar to the description of uh, what a lot of Argus patients uh, describe. And are they still active? No. So one of the unfortunate things about this study that was done in Portugal is the device, the quality of the engineering of the device was not very good. And so those devices, the, the devices itself uh, degenerated. And so our hope with the Orion is to ha use a much higher quality device based on the Argus implant. And, uh, and that device was actually... It was implanted on the skull, but it actually came through the skin. So there was a device that you had to hook up straight to, like literally wires hooked plug to the skull. Plug it in. Oh yeah, yeah. So that, so that was, it, it, that was, that was early work. Yeah, but, but the, the good, the good thing about that early work in Portugal is it gave us the confidence uh, to be able to, to understand the, exactly, to understand the next step. Are they made in China? So all, all of these products are made right here in Los Angeles. All, all made in the USA. Could you get an Argus if you have some site? I, I would encourage you to call customer service and talk to our medical professionals. And the answer is maybe. Uh, yeah, the uh, we're, I mean, we're, that, that the entry criteria uh, will continue to evolve over time. So I'd encourage you to call customer service for the latest, uh, the latest on that. Yeah, the same glasses being used for the Argus and the Orion. Very similar glasses, almost almost exactly the same. The only difference is the antenna for the Argus is by the eye. And the antenna for the Orion uh, is is further back, uh, as you heard the visual uh, the visual part of the back of the head. Otherwise, the glasses uh, the glasses are, are quite similar, uh, and and also future upgrades of the glasses will also. So, how quickly could the Orion be on the market? It's it's a little early to tell uh, to say how quickly the Orion could be commercially available, but one one good encouraging news that we got from the FDA again just a few weeks ago was they designated the uh, the Orion uh, product a breakthrough technology which means that they're going to work with us to accelerate, uh, accelerate the product to market. So I would hope within, within the next few years, I would hope that we could uh, get it on the market if all goes well. To clarify, so, the, so USC is, 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 uh, is putting in the Argus implants, and UCLA uh, is uh, doing the Orion. All right. Thanks so, very much. Yeah, thank you guys all for coming. And thank you.